0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBurge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like ego.
0: Hey, good morning again. I'm Carmen LeBurge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. How um, mm -hmm, How many of the people in our culture do you think are engaged in polygamy or polyamory, maybe? Maybe they're not polygamy. They're not married to multiple people, but polyamory. They're not restricting their relationships to the context of one man and one woman. Monogamy, right? <clears throat> consensual non-monogamy. Yep, it is on the rise. It's also known as polyamory. This this piece in the Wall Street Journal caught my attention. It leads off with this. <clears throat> Kitty Chambliss is already planning her Valentine's Day. Her husband is going to make ravioli and roasted vegetables. She's going to make a cheesecake, and then she's going to set the table for three: her husband, herself, and her boyfriend. Um, this article goes on to say that pursuing multiple romantic, emotional or sexual relationships with the permission and involvement of all involved is known as consensual non monogamy. And it is increasingly out in the open in the American culture today. Um, the subhead of the article in The Wall Street Journal is this open relationships are having a moment. But who has time for this? And the, the article really spends um, a lot of effort exploring just how much time it takes to be in, uh, to be sustaining multiple relationships or relationships with multiple people simultaneously. Uh, emotionally, um, physically, I mean, you know, just just how much time it takes. Well, that's really the wrong question to be asking. Um, it 's not a question of who has time for it apparently twenty two percent of the population is actively engaged in consensual non monogamy um, so a lot of people are making time for this that 's not the question because you and I all have exactly the same amount of time it 's the one resources it 's the one resource we actually all have exactly the same measure of i mean my days might run out before yours or your days might run out before mine. But in terms of the time that we have to spend right now, you and I have, we're spending the same time. It's a question of how you're spending it, who you're spending it with, what you're spending it on. It's a, it is the one resource that you can never get back and which right now you and I have exactly the same measure of. We both have this moment and we are spending it, well, together, which is joyful. And thank you for that. But it's not a question when we talk about monogamy or the phrase here, consensual non-monogamy, polyamory. This is not a question of time so much as it is a question of righteousness. And, and yes, I'm going to give the Sunday school answer to the question because apparently a lot of people don't know the Sunday school answer to the question that God actually designed us to be in a monogamous relationship between one man and one woman. And that that would be in the context of the covenant called marriage, which God made up. We didn't make up, and we don't remake it. And we certainly don't remake it in our image. God gave us marriage for a particular purpose, and it's a mystery. It, it somehow, in some way, helps us understand how we are going to live in an eternal relationship as the bride of Christ. Marriage isn't something we made up. Monogamous marriage isn't something we made up. It is God's gift and his design and his will and the future that you're going to live in as a part of the bride of Christ. So um, history reveals that when a culture begins to trend in this direction away from monogamy toward any kind of non-monogamy, um, that that culture is rapidly um, fraying, that, the, the, that that culture is actually rapidly coming apart. And historical records indicate that 85% of all human societies have been monogamous societies, like one man, one woman, four life, marriage-based cultures. Um, and so the question is whether or not God's word is going to be normative for us, whether or not, whether or not God's word is going to be that which provides the norm. And then, of course, there are going to be some of you who have read the Bible who are going to say, yes, but there's polygamy in the Bible. What about Abraham and, um, Lamech and Solomon? And what about David? I mean, polyamory, Carmen. Um, yes, but there is a difference between Things that are described in the Bible and things that are prescribed in the Bible. The prescription, the original design, the good and the beautiful and the true, is one man created in the image of God and one woman created in the image of God and the two of them given to each other in the covenant of marriage. Just because something is described in the Bible, like polygamy, it doesn't mean it is prescribed in the Bible. In creation, God established the marriage pattern, the marriage covenant, the marriage design, one man and one woman. Jesus affirmed it. And in that garden, that original garden, God planted the seeds of what is a mysterious, glorious relationship to be a vivid illustration of his monogamous commitment to the church to those who would be redeemed in Jesus. Is it narrow? (laughs) Yeah, incredibly narrow. One Savior, one bridegroom, one beloved, one church, forever and ever. If you want um, help in understanding what marriage is really about versus the confusion of the culture in which we live, um, I'm going to offer up to you the resources available at Canavox. C-A-N-A-V-O-X dot com, like the wedding at Cana and giving it a voice. So Cana Vox, or Cana, C-A-N-A, Vox, voice, V-O-X, CanaVox dot com. It's time for us to begin understanding the good and the beautiful and the true of God's design, because obviously we're living in a culture increasingly confused about it. Next up, our brother Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In is going to join us. We're going to talk about some of the movies that you have heard about because they have been nominated for Academy Awards. And he's going to read us in on some of those. But we're also going to talk about and give you a giant red warning sign about um, a movie that is um, that's uh, being talked about in the culture today. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can find much of what we're going to talk about today at PluggedIn.com. Good morning, Adam.
1: Good morning, Carmen. How are you?
0: (sighs) It is well with my soul. You know, it's rainy and muddy, but you know, it's good. How about you?
1: Uh, it is. We got about six inches of snow last night. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Rain in January is just weird for those of us up north. So it's snow, you know, like the Lord intended. It's supposed to snow Mm-mm. in January.
0: Mm-hmm. So, no, it is supposed to snow. In, it is supposed to snow in in January. No, absolutely no, no question about that. Um, anyone but you. If you and I anyone could create you. some some kind of universal warning sign to tell people. Not to go somewhere, not to, not not to, not to sear their retinas, not to, not to burn away the um, the goodness of their heart and mind. We would create such a banner over this movie.
1: That is right. We would, and this is terrible. I want to talk, ab- talk about that, and I want to actually tie it into one of the biggest Oscar movies, oh, uh, maybe two, and then I want to tie back to the conversation. We were just having about marriage and sexuality so anyone but you is a rom-com it's more accurately a sex-com uh starring glenn powell and sydney sweeney they um they hook up they kind of dig each other uh she has to leave early after their you know one night stand and he you know she decides oh i shouldn't have done that she goes back to you know talk to this character uh this guy she's just slept with and which we've just seen very graphically um and he's telling a friend oh i didn't care about her anyway but he's trying to save face anyway they end up with this sort of nuclear breakup after their nuclear twist um but then they end up both being in a wedding party for a same-sex marriage Uh, and for various reasons decide that they have to pretend to like each other again even though they've both hurt each other very badly but of course we know where this is going right we know that this is going to be all about them getting back together again so a couple things about this as i have just said i feel like this movie harkens back to the 1980s where sex comedies were about sex and they showed us almost all of it and In a way, even though our culture gets worse and worse and worse, in recent years, these kinds of movies have moved away from that kind of explicit content, but we're seeing a resurgence of it. So it's very unashamed in its presentation of that topic. And here's where I want to tie into the Oscars, into culture, into the conversation we were just having, uh, if I can do that. But I've been talking for a minute, so let me take a breath and see if you want to respond to any of that.
0: Well, I just want to remind everybody you're listening to Adam Holtz. He serves with Focus on the Family's Plugged-in Ministry, and we're talking we're talking about what's on um what's on the screens out there. What's available, and obviously you have a lot of things you can choose from in terms of the media that you consume. And so, we're trying to tell you not to see something, which I know is a little bit of a challenge. Um but other people are going to see it and are going to be talking about it. And so part of this is preparing each of, each of us and all of us to engage in the conversations of the day. So you also want to warn us off of, um, of a few other things.
1: I do. And let me tie back into your conversation about sexuality. know, I think the two questions that we have to ask, and that our culture is asking and answering whether it realizes it or not, is what is the purpose of sexuality and who gets to decide? And Mm -hmm. our culture says the purpose of sexuality is for personal actualization and pleasure. It is very self-focused, right? And the culture says you are the sovereign owner of your body and your choices. And therefore, any discussion of morality and ethics has to do with your own parameters on that. And so for our culture, the only ethic of sexuality, the only one is consent. Uh, And if there's consent between two people, and even increasingly, you know, the idea of whether children can consent or not is being thrown out the window. Mm. That's it. If there's consent, there's no more conversation. Um, But scripture says, as you said, that our sexuality reflects our creation in God's image, male and female. And that when a man and a woman come together in marriage in a covenantal relationship, we are reflecting something unique about god's character and about god's creation and that can result in new life you know obviously every time a couple comes together they don't get pregnant but but that is the, the possible outcome and that in in some ways is as close to a godlike attribute as we ever get as human beings the the miracle and the wonder of creating a new life is a mystery at the deepest possible level And and scripture says, you don't get to decide what the rules are. God does because this thing he's created is so good, but it's also so powerful, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So one more step. Our culture says two different things that I'm going to use a mental health phrase are schizophrenic. On one hand, our culture says sex is nothing. It's a joke. And sex comedies like this one tend to treat sexuality as a punchline. It's a laugh getter. And, and people say, oh, it's a natural function. It's like, you know, going to the bathroom or sneezing. It's innocent. It's good. You know, the whole sex positive movement is in this neighborhood. And on the other side, our culture says sexuality is everything. It's the entirety of your identity. You know, the LGBT movement is completely focused on making our sexuality the primary lens through which we understand our identity. And and Scripture actually says something in between. It, it says sexuality is really important, and there are there are big consequences. So it's not nothing, but it's also not everything. It's you know it's a it's an important and a beautiful and incredible part of a married couple's life. But any married couple that's been married, you know, past the first few years, begins to understand that. It's a, it's, a, it's a good and beautiful thing that has its context, but it's not everything. So I actually think we as Christians need to reclaim the conversation saying, what are we doing with sex? How are we treating it? And, and our sexuality was never intended by God to carry the weight of our entire identity. And I think we're seeing that happen because we've largely thrown God out the window in our culture, right? And so we're looking for some kind of substitute to uh, to get that transcendent experience. So on the other end of things, we have the movie that's been nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars, Poor Things, which stars Emma Stone in a Frankenstein-like uh, lark of a very strange movie. And if you like Emma Stone, you might think, oh, that looks kind of fun. She looks kind of interesting in that. Uh, Paul Acey, who reviewed this for us, said, this is the single most sexually explicit movie he has seen in his nearly 20 years of plugged in. And his, um, his summary to me is she's naked for half the movie, which might be more information than I need to divulge. But, um, this is on the other side of things, right? This is saying her, her exploration of identity is almost entirely sexual. And it's a movie that says sexuality is everything. So we have these two competing narratives in our culture. Sexuality is a joke. Sexuality is everything. And those ideas, and more importantly, I think those images are showing up, which is why we exist at Plugged In to to warn you off of them, right? And Mm -hmm. to let you know, yeah, yeah, this isn't just a cute little Emma Stone movie. So I will stop there because I just said a whole bunch of stuff.
0: No, no, that's really good. And we have to take a very brief break. But one of the things you're going to find at PluggedIn.com is some help sorting through what a lot of people are going to be talking about, which are those Oscar-nominated Um, films and those Oscar-nominated performances. And so when you see Emma Stone, um, probably the front-runner for Best Actress, you might be tempted to see the movie, um, which is poor things. And what we're saying is you should read the review and you should say to yourself, not these eyes, not these eyes, not these ears, not this heart, not this mind. I am not going to give real estate in my heart and mind um, to something like that. Uh, We're going to continue the conversation with Adam Holtz in just a moment. Um, But I do recognize that we do need to be equipped to understand um, the gift of sexuality, why it's good, why God gave it, the context in which it is to be um, lived and experienced and celebrated. And so, again, um, I just want to lift up the great resources at Canavox. You know, it's like... The Wedding at Cana, C-A-N-A-V-O-X. Giving a voice to marriage in the culture today, canavox.com. We're going to continue our conversation with Adam Holtz in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. What are some of the things that you find hard to believe? Do you find it hard to believe that God hears you? Do you find it hard to believe that God loves you? Do you find it hard to believe that right now God knows how many hairs there are on your head and how many are on your hairbrush? Like, do you sometimes find it hard to believe that God... Cares about you and the stuff going on in your life right now? My friend Susie Larson wants you to be reminded every single day, every single day that God is good. Would you like to wake up to the goodness of God? Just text the word good to 877 933 2484. Every single day, you'll get encouraging text messages, prayers, and devotions from Susie Larson right on your phone. Just text the word good. To 877 933 2484. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. Billboard um, is probably something that you have heard of. I mean, certainly in the music and film industry, Billboard is, um, you know, a go to resource for uh, for people to understand what's happening uh, in the conversations um, in media. And Billboard picked up a conversation between our friend Adam Holtz to so Focus on the Family's Plugged In and um, Skillet lead singer John Cooper. And so I was intrigued by that because, you know, Focus on the Family isn't necessarily a headliner at Billboard.com, but it is right now. And so I thought, Adam, it would be fun for you to talk with us about the conversation that you had with John Cooper.
1: And here's what I love about him. He's the lead singer of Skillet. If you're not a Christian metal fan, you may not know who Skillet is, but they've been around about 25 years. And John Cooper had sort of a an awakening, if you will, several years ago. He found himself really under pressure to embrace as a Christian... Uh, a progressive mindset. And so he has a new book out called Wimpy, Weak, and Woke uh, that really talks about how he has pushed back against that uh, and how he um, really is taking a a courageous stand for truth and I think the intense pressure that has come against him as somebody in a public role to conform to a, a worldly standard. Um, And that is primarily in the area of sexuality that we have just been talking about. Uh, And so uh, I commend that to you. It's on our plugged in YouTube channel. If you do, if you best thing to do is to search on plugged in movie review on YouTube uh, and you will find it. And maybe Carmen will drop that link into the episode notes for today's show as well. Um, And I, I just I appreciate his courage and I think that he is a prophetic voice and prophetic in the sense that um, somebody who is willing to take a stand for truth, regardless of what the consequences are for him and and really challenging the postmodern idea that, you know, you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can all just enjoy our various truths together, which is a, a sort of the essence of postmodernism as it rejects the idea of what uh, French philosopher Jean Léotard called a totalizing discourse, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But Christianity is a totalizing discourse in the sense that it says there is one truth and you either conform to it or you reject it. You don't get to remake it in your own image. And John talks about some of those things.
0: Yeah. I, I, I found the whole, um, the whole conversation, really uh, intriguing and illuminating, and I commend it to you, and I'm happy to send you the direct link to it on YouTube if you text me, 877-933-2484. Absolutely worth your time. Plus, you get to see Adam Holtz instead of just hear um, his melodious voice. Um, I appreciated that. Well, here's, here's the takeaway, I think, one of the takeaways for me. As a Christian who has been walking with Jesus for you know decades now, there are some times that um, we are tempted to imagine that people are dealing with the same things today that we dealt with when we came to Jesus, that the people who right. don't know Jesus have the same questions we had before we were Christians, or that the same kinds of conversations that compelled us to consider Jesus are going to compel people to consider Jesus today. That's just not true. Um, People are different than, uh, I mean, people are different. Let's just, every person is unique and different, but people are different today than they were, you know, whenever way back then was, but way back then, and the world is incredibly different. Even just in, um, in the last handful of years, the world is a different, different place. And so, standing for Jesus has changed, and we have to learn how to live for Jesus in the spirit of the age in which we live now, not the spirit of the age that existed when we came to know him. And that's the, that's sort of the awakening or the aha that John Cooper talks about in his own lived experience. um, And then how he has changed in his conversations with his kids or how he has changed in his conversations with, with the culture. Um, And yes, the part of the conversation where you guys talk about this, you know, Totalizing worldviews and these competing narratives um, that's really really helpful uh, part of the conversation so um so I just wanted to thank you for um for the offering of this uh, this particular conversation and to pray that you know as billboard has pointed to it for its own reasons and i 'll let people <laughs> find out what those are but as Billboard has pointed to it for particular reasons um I want us to be equipped in the way that john cooper is um is is seeking to not only equip himself but others for the conversations being had today
1: absolutely and i i just want to say um it's a privilege to have a chance to talk to people in the culture who are making a difference in the way that that john is and and you are and i am i mean it's i don't need to rank us different size platforms though different size yeah. platforms and i just um I just so appreciate his courage and taking a bold stand for truth. So definitely worth a, a listen and a watch over on YouTube.
0: <laughs> yes. Especially because at one point I know for those of you who don't know John Cooper, I mean, we use his music at the front of this show. I, it, I, I appreciate him <clears throat> and I'm not a hard metal person, but I do appreciate him so much. And if you see him, you are going to say to yourself, wow, you're going to say to yourself immediately that is not a person that would ever 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 be um accused of being a conformist but at one point in the conversation John Cooper says to Adam Holtz like with as if Adam would not know this as if it's not (laughs) obvious by John Cooper's entire persona he like with all seriousness is like well I mean dude I'm not a conformist not into conformity. And you're like, (laughs) wow, that is a shocking revelation coming, coming from those lips. All right, Adam, thank you so much.
1: You bet. Well, you bet. Yeah. Thanks. What a joy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's Adam Holtz. You can find what we're talking about today at pluggedin.com. I'm more than happy to send you the direct link to the YouTube video where Adam Holtz is interviewing John Cooper. It's really, really a great uh, watch and listen. How are you experiencing God? Uh, Jim and I are doing the Experiencing God curriculum with the church that we are um, engaging with here in our local community. Um, And so I did this study two decades ago, at least. It might be longer ago than that. Um, Probably is. I did a long time ago. When when the Blackaby study initially came out, like I'm pretty sure the church I was in at the time, pretty early adopters, like we did the Experiencing God study. Uh, and so it's really fascinating to be engaging in that same study today. Um, again, the world has changed dramatically. I have matured as a disciple. Uh, I am far more familiar with the, the passages of Scripture that are being lifted up and discussed, but I'm also doing it in community with people who've never done the study and are not necessarily thinking about um, asking the question, you know, where is God at work? God is always at work. So where is God at work in my community? And what do I need to do to change my life to get on board with what God is doing? So it's not about asking the question, what is God's, you know, will for my life? It's the question, what is God's will? And it's not a question of, you know, what work does God want me to do? It's a question of what work is God doing and how can I be involved in that? So how and where are you experiencing God? Are you listening? Are you hearing? How are you discerning his voice from all the voices around you in the culture today? That's one of the things we're going to talk with Pastor Gail Kratt about next. You will remember him. He has been here before. He's an avid listener to the program. God Moments is his book, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Pastor Gail Kratt is a, is an author. Um, he's a counselor. He is a regular avid listener along with you uh, and me. And so um, it's so much fun to have him back today. His book, God Moments, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Gail, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen.
2: Carmen, it's really good to be on Faith Radio again. Wow, what a great day. Uh, actually, was in the—it's going to sound funny for everyone driving down the road— God kind of prompts me at uh, funny times. When I was in the in the in the in the shower, I kind of saw one of your listeners in my mind's eye. Would you like to hear about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So what I saw was there was someone driving down the road saying, "Lord, are you aware where I'm at? Are you aware of what's going on in my life?" And the Lord said He wanted me to say, "Yes, I know where you are." I know where you're at. And when it seems like nothing is going on, I am working behind the scenes for you. And Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not that, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. I mean, I just had a God moment. And boy, I'd love you to be able to reach back out to Carmen if that word hit you. Do you have a text line, Carmen?
0: Yeah, if, um, if you're listening right now and you know that um, God, God's really speaking to you through Gail, like, right, Gail had this um, moment where he was really, uh, you know, overwhelmed, maybe uh, prompted, spiritually sens- sensitive to the fact that there's somebody listening right now who's driving down the road, who's asking the question, God, are you even aware? Are you aware of where I am? Are you aware of what's going on in my life? Um if that's you, we'd love to hear from you on the text line 877-933-2484 pull over and yes. text me. 877-933-2484 because if God's speaking to you right now, then it's important to pay attention. Mm. Um if well, God's so- just indicated if God's just indicated to you that yeah, I'm aware. I'm so aware. Um, that I'm going to get with my brother, my friend, my son, Gail, who's paying attention, who tends to listen to me and follow my promptings and and overcomes his own fear and reluctance to actually say, hey, God's saying this to me. Uh, who is this for? Go ahead and let's affirm that. 877-933-2484. Um, Gail, talk with us about, like, when you say you heard the Lord speak to you, like, can you what do you mean like for somebody who's listening is like what is this dude talking about can you tell us about that
2: that is such a good question because my next book just is about to come out and, and mm. it's about i do have to inter- you know. i do have what's that i
0: do have to i gotta interrupt you i gotta interrupt you because um we got a friend on the text line from the 608 area code and says it's me it's me it's me
2: oh do you have a name so-
0: I don't I – I'm scrolling through to see if I um, if I know who this is. Uh, if Could you text me back and tell me your name if, if that's um, something that you can do? Otherwise, um, you, you know who you are because you say you've got two others who you know are struggling as well. Um, and so if you're in the 608 area code and you just raised your hand and said it was me, um, if you could tell us your name, that'd just be such a blessing to us. All right, Gail, go ahead. How is what it, is it? that you know that the Lord right is speaking – yeah, well, we're going to get their name. They'll, they'll text back. It'll it, okay. just give us a, you know, let's just let the process so, work, man.
2: So what All was right. I saying?
0: <laughs> you were going to, you were going to share with us, you know, how is it that, you know, yes. it's the Lord speaking. Um, okay, well now we just got to do this other thing. Okay. So now we have a friend in the 612 area code and says, yes, it's me. I literally just cried out to Jesus as I was driving down the road. I'm struggling badly with compromise. Um, again, we don't have a name, but wow. Um, Yeah. Now, Gail, let's just now let's pray because God's speaking to people um, and he made you aware of their need. And so would you would you pray for this this friend who has texted in who's struggling with compromise? Um, And then would you pray for the other who texted in as well and, and raised their hand and said, yeah, that's me. I needed to know that God was aware of me today.
2: Lord, I'm so thankful. That you love the lost sheep. You love every sheep. You love every person in their situation. And I pray for those that have texted in the line and said, that's me, that's me. God, you're aware. You know where they're at. You know what's going on in their life. I pray that you would let them know that you love them. You're not mad at them. Your arms are open to them and you want to help them. And I pray that you would strengthen them and encourage them today to turn toward you and to run, run into your loving arms. And Lord, I can see that one, she's pulled over. I think it's a she, I don't know. But there's just tears streaming down the face. Lord, you say that you catch our tears, and they're precious to you. For the one struggling with compromise, I pray that you would give them the strength to stand up against the world and say, no, I will not compromise. Lord, I don't know all the needs that are going on, but every storm has a time stamp, a time to be over. And, Lord, you are with us in the midst of the storm. You are the master of the winds and the waves. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Amen. Uh Tammy in Madison, uh, Wisconsin, and Corey, uh in the Twin Cities. Um, God sees you, God's aware, God's um tending to you right now, and I hope you mm-hmm. um I hope you heard and received those prayers. Um we're talking with Thank Pastor you. Gail Krot. Uh he is the author of God Moments, amazing encounters with the divine in everyday life. Um Gail, stopping to pray right in the moment is um is a gift being sensitive to the holy spirit and hearing god when he speaks um is a gift as well but it's a gift we all can have access to mm-hmm. so let's circle back and let me just ask the question again how what do you mean when you say that the lord spoke to you or you heard the lord say something like what what is that like and how can we become spiritually sensitive to uh to what he's saying
2: you know i realized in writing the second the next book that i needed to explain that Because when you say to someone, well, I heard the Lord say, or I felt the Lord say, they're thinking, are you hearing a voice? And the answer would be no, no to that. More like uh, a prompting or uh, feeling a a heaviness, maybe to call a a certain person that's come to your mind. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. so easy to brush off where you could say, nah, you know, and then you might see something in your imagination God gives us divine imagination. So when I felt the prompting in the shower, like, wow, I really feel like there's someone crying out. God, God, are you aware? And I just felt the Lord say, I'm aware. It's just like more like an inner nudge, inner prompting that I should do something. But I have the choice at that moment to do it or not to do it. Very simple. And I have found when I listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit or when he nudges me softly, that when I follow that, so when he nudges me, I kind of know what he's nudging me for. He's either brought a person to my mind or a situation has come up in my mind and I can think, oh, that's just me. That's just me. But no, the Holy Spirit is trying to get my attention. And so I believe the average Christian can walk in this. I I believe this, Carmen, with all my heart. You don't have to be a super saint to walk in this. Just try this. The next time the Lord brings a person to your heart, pick up the phone. Give them a call. Let them know they came to your mind and their heart. And what do they need? Do they need a prayer? You're going to be surprised. So I got an email yesterday. From a lady that's read God Moments book. And she put her phone number at the bottom. So I decided I'm just going to pick up the phone and call the lady. Mm. She couldn't believe it. She was blown away. She starts bawling. She starts crying. You're actually calling me. I go, yeah, I read my emails and you shared your heart. So instead of typing something along back to you, I just gave you a call you know, the little things are the things that impact the most. And so the nudging, the prompting that you should do something or you should call someone. And and it's usually nothing wild or what I would say crazy. Um, I'm driving down the road with one of my staff members and God brings a person to my mind. I said, hang on. I told my car, call so-and-so. So So the phone rang and they're, what? I said, we're calling them. Then wound up having prayer with that person. And She goes, do you do this all the time when you drive? Because I have a car. I can just speak through my car. I go, actually, I do. I pray with all kinds of people. So it's like a nudging, Carmen. I don't know how anymore to say it. No, no,
0: that's so good. That's so good. Hey, um, if you're driving right now and you have that ability, like, to tell your car to call somebody, let me ask this. Does your car ever resist? Because God is nudging us all the time. And we are to be like vehicles of uh, of of his communicative power. Like God wants to be reaching other people through you today. And so don't resist, like resist resisting today. Um, we're going to talk about how fear and reluctance can get in the way and challenges that Gail has had um, with fear and reluctance in the past. And then what stepping out um, in faith and obedience to the Lord um, actually has produced. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Maybe you've heard that Faith Radio partners with one child to offer you the opportunity to sponsor a child living in difficult circumstances in a hard place. Well, when you sponsor a child supplying for their needs, you change a life. And when you change the life of one child, you change the world. Your one child learns that God loves them more than they can imagine and that God's got special plans for their life. Your one child gets help with school and is taught skills like leadership and how to even overcome poverty. Your one child gets nutritious food and vital medical care that can be life-saving. You might not be able to change the world, but you can, in fact, change the life of one child. Meet the kids. Find your child at MyFaithRadio.com. All right, we're going to resist resisting today. Amy's on the text line. She says, um, God's nudges or God moments, it's when God is seeking to make an impression. So, what is God impressing upon you today? Our friend and brother, Pastor Gail Kratt, is here. He's the executive director of spiritual care consultants in Western Michigan. He's also the author of God Moments Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Gail, have you ever um, been afraid or reluctant to step out and obey something that the Lord has impressed upon you?
2: Absolutely. I remember one time when I was a young, young man, the Lord put on my heart, I need you to call this guy in the church. And I said, but why? I had an argument. I said, <sighs> why? He sits in the front row. Uh, he hears the gospel every week. Why? And I felt the Lord wanted me to talk to him about his soul, and I just said, "I'm not going to do that." Well, a week later, I'm coming home late at night, and I realized where I know where this guy lives, and there are red lights all around his all around Mm. his house. Mm. He died, Mm. and I said, "Lord, if you ever nudge me again, or like Amy said, an impression, if you ever do this again." It doesn't matter how crazy it sounds to me. I'm just going to obey. No matter what the outcome is, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to step out of my fear zone, get in the God zone, and I'm going to try to obey. And I'm going to deliver the message that you're putting on my heart for that person. I never will forget those lights and that, that, that night that I go, wow, that was a high cost. But you know, Sometimes they're learning experiences too, where God is trying to teach us how important the nudges and impressions are. Everybody thinks they got to hear some big, big voice in the sky or something. Not so. I was pulling into to, to clean my car out. This was the two quarters. And uh, the, the, this was during the pandemic. A lady pulled up behind me. She was of another culture. And the Lord said, Put two quarters on her gas pump, on her vacuum. I said, what? He said, put two quarters there. So I walked over really quick, thought I'd get away and put two quarters down. And she says, thank you. Then I had a impression that her son needed prayer. I said, does your son need prayer? And she couldn't believe it. She said, I just come off a long fast. You're the first person I've talked to after my fast. We had prayer. She raised her hands. We prayed together for her son. You'll never know what you've missed if you don't obey those impressions or those promptings. So I just encourage your listeners to start stepping out when you feel to call somebody or when God brings something, someone to your mind is for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't yeah, realize and it. Doesn't-
0: it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be reasonable to us right it's we don't have to no. know the reason uh resist no. resist resisting um i'll just say that one more time um tell the story of uh the bright
2: land well the bright land is the story of my grandma um when i was a young boy she uh, she was trying to get me back on track with god in fact i was her last assignment and that woman even drugged me to an altar one day to try to get me saved it didn't work but she was near death, and Mom said, Gal, she's waiting for you, and she's going in and out of consciousness. And when she would come awake, I'd say, Is Jesus talking to you? She said, Yes. I said, Can you hear the angels sing? She said, Yes, I can hear them. And it was like she was going in and out in between two worlds. And there was such a presence in the room. And all of a sudden, she set up. She's like 92. She set up and say, Let's sing when we all get to heaven. So I would sing the song with her and she lay back down and then she said to my uncle, she said, can you see it? He said, what? It's so beautiful over there, the bright land. And he said, no, I can't see it. And she goes, oh, there's my husband, Elvin, Elvin, and all her vitals are good. And then she said, there's Jesus. I'm coming, Lord. And she sat up, took a big breath, smiled and was gone. She was gone. She stepped out of this life into the next, and there was such a presence. Well, But but that the story was told by my uncle because before she died, she told me when she was going to die, and she gave me specific orders not to come to her funeral. Because she said staying in the ministry was more important to her, and you don't disobey grandma, because she'll meet you at the gate someday and say, why did you disobey me? But, I obeyed, and, but I thought her story needed to live on because I was by her bed for two weeks when she was going between heaven and earth. And the presence of the Lord that would come in the room, and I pray right now for your listeners that the presence of God would come in your car. And for those that don't know the Lord, maybe you walked away from him, that this would be the day you say, Lord, I come back to you. I rededicate my life to you. I And ask forgiveness. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, Lord. I rededicate my life in my heart to you text Carmen if you've done that because it's so important in the presence of God we we would just be going in and out of the presence of God and I'd just be sitting there and my last um, my last uh, vision of her was when I walked out of the room she was waving and she said Mm -hmm. you'll be a good missionary I I walked out of the room and I go no grandma no no not a missionary (laughs) and you know 15 months later I was on the mission field in Mexico Amen. So Grandma knew more than what I thought. And I'm thankful for her life. And I thought her her story needs to be recorded in God moments because yeah. people have been really touched by that story. We've sold you know, I'm not a I'm God. not a real I oh, Go ahead.
0: Well, we have to we have to tie it up because we're just almost out of time. And I wanna um just remind everybody who you are and how they can find you. The book is God Moments, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Um, Gail Kratt is the, is the author. He's a brother in Christ. He's, uh, he's with us every day. Um, and, uh, a part of our community, uh, here at Faith Radio. So thankful for you, Gail. You guys can connect with Gail online at spiritualcareconsultants.com. Um, and I'm more than happy to send you, uh, direct links as well. This is a conversation, um, about whether or not we will all be rejoicing. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Gail and I want you to know God in the here and now so that, like his grandma, you will see the bright land, you will see the Lord, and you will be able to declare to him, I'm coming, I'm coming, Lord, and he will recognize you as one of his own. Like, that's our heart of hearts today. And so um, if that's something that you want to talk about and need some help with, you know, we're here for that. You can text me, 877-933-2484. You've been listening today to Mornings with Carmen. You know you're loved. God is trying to nudge you today. Um, He's trying to communicate with you. He does that through uh, the word of the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. He does it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, He does it through impressions that he makes. Are you experiencing God today? I hope so. Have a great day, and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.